right. Welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Kornavatni and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells, along with a special guest host, Benjamin Carlson from Affable Chat, who joins us for the first time in a few months now. Definitely excited to have him back on to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals as the Colorado Avalanche defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games to win their first Stanley Cup since 2001. We'll also talk about the NBA draft. Magic took Paolo Boncaro first overall. Ben Thunder took Chet Holmgren number two. We'll get his thoughts on Oklahoma City's moves. Three lottery picks this year. Talk about the draft as a whole, as well as looking ahead to some of the potential moves that could be made this offseason. A lot of reports and rumors surrounding Brooklyn Nets and the future of they're all-stars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. We'll talk about that fluid situation, along with some of the other moves that have been discussed as possibilities, give our thoughts on some of the key free agents, things that we expect to see happen, like to see happen. And finally, we will wrap this up by counting down our top five favorite things about living in a house in honor of our guest Benjamin moving into a new one of his own this past weekend. So, a lot to get to in this one. Excited to be joined by a guest. With that, let's get started. He's done it! Brian, I know both of us are very excited that the Colorado Avalanche is Stanley Cup champs, mostly because we're happy that the Lightning aren't winning three in a row. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, go Avalanche, go for for me. It was really just a sigh of relief uh, that Tampa lost more than anything. So as much as uh, we're happy that Tampa lost, we do have a special guest on who is very happy the Avalanche won. Uh, we call him a lifelong Avalanche fan, and that is Benjamin Carlson from Affable Chat. Bet you didn't know he is a huge Colorado Avalanche fan. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a lifelong Avalanche fan, but it feels like a lifetime uh, because of how passionate I've been about the Avs since I became a fan uh, way back in 2020. Which, which really does feel like a long time ago, uh, early 2020. Uh, in some when, ways, you could say that is like a new life, like life reset yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, back then, I went, uh, I went to Raleigh to, to visit Corey. It was kind of to visit Corey. It was more to, to use Corey's apartment as a place to sleep while I go to see my real friends, the roster for the 2020 Avs, and uh, as they played against the Hurricanes. Uh, of course, they completely uh, annihilated them. It was like four since, to three. Since then, I've been uh, probably top three Abs fans in all, like of all time. I think, uh, and you know, it's great to see my team finally uh, win one while I'm a fan. Yeah. So there were what like seven of us who went to the game together because you had a, a coworker who you know lived in Columbia, South Carolina, but he's from Montana. So yeah, yeah. you know, he's a 
fan of just the only team in the general area, which is the Colorado Avalanche. So. And he's actually a very committed fan. Like I, I'm obviously joking. I've been, to, <laughs> I've been to one NHL game, and I chose uh, just because my friend was a big fan. He get, he let me borrow a jersey, so that's why I was rooting for the Abs. But. He is such a committed fan. I was at a like uh, work event with him, and we went to a pool, and everyone else was wearing pool attire, but he's out there wearing his Avs jersey, really? long to sleeves the pool. to oh, the wow. pool. And he was only going down to the pool to like hang out really quick before heading back to continue watching them in the playoffs. So uh, nice. you know, shout out uh, to my true Avs fan friend. Uh, who who got me into it? As far as that's as far as I've gotten into hockey through his influence. <laughs> yeah, I was so gonna was, ask. I was gonna uh, ask how long lifelong was, but then once you said, uh, yeah, February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So it was like literally like basically when the a pandemic week and a half, Yeah, a week and a half before the season shut down. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we so like his family was there. Um, like his sister, I think his his mom and his yep, daughter yep. were all at the game. So yep. there were seven of us. Five of them were rooting for the Avalanche. And then it was me and another person who, I'm a Penguins fan. She's a Blackhawks fan. We were both kind of like, I mean, we're going to a Hurricanes game in Raleigh. You might as well root for the Hurricanes. But I will say that the whole time I was like, I'm rooting for them. But it's way better as a Penguins fan if they lose because they're in the same division. Like, they're they're kind of rivals. So I was okay with Colorado winning that game. And uh, I will say I'm, I'm pretty happy for them winning the Stanley Cup at this point. This is a team that's been one of the best in the league for the past few seasons, and it felt like it was overdue. They're the best team all year, and in the end, uh, they ended up pulling out Stanley Cup, 16-4 and in the playoffs. Did you watch any of it? Like, were you keeping up at all? Uh, I was. I mean, as a sports, like, you know, social media guy, like, I follow ESPN and, and Bleacher Report and all the other generic sports reporting places so of course i i heard that the abs were doing well but no i mean i don't even understand when they're like did you see them that they've scored on 12 power plays this postseason like i don't even know what that means you know so it's like uh i think that means when one of the guys has to go to the timeout or the timeout uh chair then you have more players on your team than the other team yeah so the other team it's when the other team the opponent uh, has a player in the penalty box and you're up five on four or in rare cases, four on three. I do yeah, like five that. on three. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do or like five on three right. in timeout. That is a cool aspect of it. Also, it's crazy how much they sub. That still like blows my mind when like the whole team just, <laughs> all right, let's get, <laughs> let's send everybody to the bench and everybody's on the bench. Like it seems like there's a lot of participation. Yeah. Cause after squad. a minute th- they get super tired and they got to bring in the next line in. Um, oh yeah and not to mention that they're on ice i mean this is all such (laughs) like i feel like this is stuff that uh, like real hockey fans kind of forget about because they're so used to just watching the sport it's almost like somebody watching football and be like dang they're running around with helmets and pads on you know it's like yeah (laughs) that's how you play the sport but (laughs) they block shots hunter Manauer pucks (laughs) yeah they get all these bruises on their legs yeah they doing crazy yeah and just losing teeth all over the place it's definitely oh and then is it don't they have uh isn't it like a stereotypical hockey player thing to have just amazing like flow just have the biggest hair and uh yeah um yeah i have a mullet i think well the uh so the minnesota like state hockey playoffs they always have uh an all hair team 
So yes, it's definitely a big thing. Probably more at the the younger age. I think by the time you're older, you care less about the hair, and it's more uh, how many teeth you're missing is like that's the cool right. look. Well, when and you've been I, around I just, for a while. Players also grow uh, playoff beards. Uh, the True, longer you yeah. go into the playoffs, the longer you're. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember that? Uh, we were talking about it last week. I, I think it was after the recording. We were like, oh, yeah, when uh, the whole Dallas Keuchel thing, and uh, Brian had you look up Brian Burns for the San Jose Sharks. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, I think I've seen this dude on Duck Dynasty. So <laughs> that was like your hockey analysis and your time on He's Done It. And I just want to be clear that my lack of interest in hockey isn't like my way of disrespecting the sport. There's a lot of great sports out there. At this point in my life, I've fallen in love with so many sports at various points in my life. I'm convinced that I could be a fan of any sport. I just have to like the, the, the stars just have to align. I just have to Mm -hmm. have like an experience that reveals to me the reason why that sport is really interesting and amazing. And then I'll become a big fan. I, I, I didn't like basketball until 2017 really even though i watched the finals every year i was just like that's the only basketball i'm watching and then now i just i can't get enough of it you know it's just it takes uh yeah and that was because i think i moved to a city with an nba team but it can happen in any any other ways i mean earlier this year i went to the masters and and now i like golf like now i get it like i understand why people become like sit down and watch golf and and become fans of these sports so i like i think hockey's cool i think there's a lot of culture and a lot of stuff to respect in there uh, you know, maybe one day I, I truly will be a, like a diehard Avs fan. I think I'm gonna have to book a flight to uh, Scotland or Northern Ireland, wherever the the Open Championship is happening. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not the only one here who didn't go to a major in 2022. Yeah, um, I, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I listened to your experience there, Brian. I thought that yeah, it sounded like you had a good time. Yeah, I was. It was definitely a blast, and I almost got killed by one of the golfers, but uh, <laughs> but. It's an I, exciting story to tell. Yeah, still- you no, know, yeah. Seeing when I went to the Masters, seeing a photographer almost get hit by the ball, I think that is what really got me into the sport. So that was that <laughs> moment for me. I was like, I get it now. <laughs> it's the yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that as much as I do love hockey as a sport, it's tough for me to pay attention and like really be invested in the playoffs when I don't have an actual rooting interest. So I think Brian and I both talked about it when the Penguins and Bruins are out and the Celtics are in the NBA Finals, it's hard for us to give a lot of love to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I did make sure that I watched all of Game 6 last night, rooting for the Avs, and watched the ending. Because I think you can kind of debate whether or not the Stanley Cup is the best trophy in sports. But the celebration, to me, it's I it's love, hard to top that. I love Stanley Cup celebrations. I, I've, I've kind of flip-flopped on this with hockey and baseball, but I, I pick hockey as my favorite uh, winning celebration because they're throwing their pads and sticks everywhere and they, they're they're crying and uh-huh. like showing all the emotion that it takes to win a Stanley Cup and they put their bodies on the line uh, with all the you know bruises and you find out all about all the injuries that they go through as well to yep. just to win a Stanley Cup and I also think it's the coolest trophy too with like, with all the names of players on the trophy from past teams and it's it's so Corey and I talked about this after our last recording that like, yeah, the lightning and abs, it's like, okay, these are the two of the best teams, but it's like none of us, we did care to an extent, but it's like, it's not like our favorite team was in the cup. While for the NBA finals, our favorite basketball team was in it. So it's kind of hard to uh, pay 
that much attention. I was paying attention to it. It's just that like I was f- way more invested in the NBA Finals. But yeah, more like keeping up with what was happening, but not right. tuning in for sixty minute hockey games. Every exactly. Day. Were you were you guys keeping up uh, with enough detail to see what the Avs did to the trophy? I, they, <laughs> the, yeah, I saw I they dented it. Yeah, see. trying to take a photo. <laughs> like <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, I I love when they're like every single player gets to hold up the cup and always starts with the captain. So Gabriel Landeskog, he's been the captain for like a decade. Then he hands it to Eric Johnson, who's been on the Cavs the longest for 12 years. And you get all like the best players, all the veterans, Jack Johnson, Penguins legend. He, uh, he finally won a Stanley cup. So, um, that, that's always cool. Then of course the team photo, it's like, Oh, and someone just trips (laughs) somehow. And yeah, there you go. Cups, cups ruined forever. (laughs) Yeah. The trophy, and the celebration are definitely my favorites. And then, yeah, it's it's amazing how often the Stanley Cup gets dented. <laughs> but for that uh, okay, one, so it was normal. It, it, it typically <laughs> happens when the game well is when everyone's already left the building and they're celebrating somewhere else in the city. But <laughs> these guys dented it yeah, just on the, on the ice. On the yeah. ice. <laughs> Normally, it's not on like live TV. But yeah, I mean, parade all the time. Guys are like drinking. Like they'll pour beer into the Stanley Cup and drink from it. It it definitely uh, it, it's seen seen a lot in its what 130 years almost. I, I saw a Sports Center tweeted out a graphic. It was like things the Stanley Cup is older than. It was like radio, television, wow. and then the last corner it just had a pic of the Earth. And I was like, wait, is this a meme account? And no, it said every person alive. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Stanley Cup is older than the Earth. <laughs> Aliens cra- like crash landed <laughs> on Earth, and they they were big hockey fans. <laughs> uh, we want yeah, the it's... Stanley Cup. <laughs> it is a, a great story. I mean, Colorado was last place in 2017. Five years later, they're they're champs, and uh, definitely think they have uh, plenty of chances to win again in the next few years. Caleb McCarr, a consummate winner. He's 23 years old. Like he's yeah, modern he day Bobby Orr over here. <laughs> yeah. This, a little bit of a bold comparison at this point in his career, but um, he's definitely an exciting player. So if you do really want to get into hockey and you do want to commit to the Avalanche, you know maybe next championship you'll actually uh, you'll you'll appreciate you'll buy the T-shirt and you everything. know on uh, on Affable Chat uh, last month we watched The World's End, which is a uh, uh, a movie. That has to do. I don't want to spoil anything, but tangentially has something to do with aliens and um, alien. Like it would be hilarious if aliens came here and like set up the NHL. Like that's that's what they've been doing when they showed up here is like organizing us to make great hockey teams because they have hockey back on their planet and they're just trying to expand the league. Like they've gotten to capacity on their own planet with like how many hockey teams they can get. Uh-huh. So they're interstellar like plan it's not to like enslave us it's not to conquer us it's to just equip us and like teach us the rules to hockey so that we can play against them i think that would be an amazing like revelation to find out that aliens have been among us Uh, i mean if there was an alien in the nhl who would it be Connor mcdavid yeah easily why i mean he's he's no he's just the best player just Uh, kind of a a freak i mean he's he's incredible what he does like they I don't think you can really compare anybody to Wayne Gretzky, but he's someone who, in terms of like the things he's able to do, it's you can kind of say like he's that much better than the rest of the league in ways that Wayne Gretzky was. Yeah, he's wow. faster than everybody. He's mm-hmm. the most skilled player, and he doesn't show a lot of emotion either. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, that yeah, more argument for him being alien. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how amazing would it be if the abs were all like celebrating, throwing their pads and sticks everywhere, and lifting the trophy, and then suddenly just a beam of light comes down, and they like they all float into the sky and they get taken to some <laughs> other planet, and they're like, "This is where we bring all the teams that win their planet's championship," and then you play in like the intergalactic championship of hockey. If that was real, I would definitely become an abs fan for sure. <laughs> it sounds like a great idea for a movie like Independence Day 3. <laughs> Especially since Independence Day is coming up, right? The yeah, movie starts end of June on the yeah. Stanley Cup and then all of a sudden that happens and then got to figure out what we got to do. Uh you, to you have to hit uh, like a hockey puck into the right spot to blow up the the alien spaceship. Could be a climactic <laughs> ending. Um, so I just have a couple more comments. We spent a lot more time talking about the Stanley Cup Finals than I expected us to, which like is probably a good thing. Although it's it's definitely not the hard hitting analysis uh, true hockey fans are looking for. Big year for Stanley Kroenke. Rams win the Super Bowl. Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. Arsenal almost qualified for the Champions League. Everything's coming up him this year. <laughs> And then, of uh, of course, uh, got to give a shout out to Nate McKinnon saying as soon as he saw his room number ended in 87, they were going to win the Stanley Cup. I'll count that as a fourth ring for Sidney Crosby. So he officially has four Stanley Cup titles now because he helped the Avalanche win game six by Nate McKinnon saying in room 87. Um, and another friendly reminder that your favorite player's favorite player is Sidney Crosby. All right. So that being said, Benjamin Carlson, Affable Chat, podcast, stream. Welcome back on. We love having you as a guest. Um, you know, we didn't really have you on a ton last year during football season. We had a, a bit of a, a break between you being on the AFC West and NFC West season preview. Had you on with another recurring guest, Kenny Cashman, back in February. But glad to have you on now. And as, as fun as it is to talk about your avalanche, you did mention earlier, you are an actual NBA fan and a big fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are a very relevant team from an NBA draft perspective. We haven't talked about the draft on. He's done it a lot for a variety of reasons. But having someone who can actually weigh in on some pretty notable players and a polarizing one at that, as uh, after the Magic took Paolo Boncaro, bit of a surprise number one overall, Thunder also passed on Jabari Smith, took Chet Holmgren. Are you excited for the 7-2 wonder that is Chet, all 110 pounds of him, to join the Oklahoma City Thunder? <laughs> well, let me just start off by saying this is the closest I've fallen, followed the NBA draft ever before. Like I've been an NFL draft guy for years, uh, but the NBA draft has always been kind of uh, in a, like, confusing Hit or miss. and... Well, it's just like I never know who anybody is going in because I don't really watch NCAA basketball. Uh, I, I do watch, you know, college football. So I am like, oh, where is Jadavian Clowney going? Like, I, I want to know that because I was a fan of his in college and other players as well. But uh, I guess let me know what you guys think about this. The more I've listened to experts talk about the NBA draft, the more I uh, am understanding that it's not very clear who makes good choices on draft night like it's very hard to predict any of this uh so 
anybody who's coming at you saying like this team definitely won the draft or this team definitely lost the draft or whatever is kind of being dishonest because it just historically it's extremely difficult to predict what is going to happen with these players we typically really won't know who the winners and losers are until x number of years later yeah and it's a huge crapshoot and it's i think it's easier to judge an nfl draft class uh because there's there's more players and a lot of those guys it's like you have teams that are kind of drafting towards needs so it's oh this team was really missing a true starting left tackle they got one so that's a great pick or oh this team went kind of random they got a guy who was not really a first round projected player the NBA you don't really have as much of that it's more just kind of random best player available and like you said it if you even if you do follow college basketball there are a lot of names at the top uh, you know, guys like Paolo Boncaro, who went to Duke, Chet Holmgren, who went to Gonzaga, Jabari Smith, Auburn was great this year, Keegan Murray, Iowa, they, of course, were everyone's pick to win the tournament, and they end up going out in the first round, um, Jaden Ivey, Purdue, like, these are names at the top that are pretty noticeable, like, notable, but if you kind of go down, there are plenty of guys where it's like, I only know who they are because I've read NBA mock drafts, so I think right. that also plays a role, and really, they always say NBA drafts are like, it's like a two-player draft, a three-player draft, four-player draft. This year is seen as like a three, maybe four-player draft. There are a couple no, of it was, it was, prospects, but... It was definitely three with everyone saying Boncaro, uh, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith, not in that order expected, but everyone expected that to be the top three in whatever order it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then some people would throw Jaden Ivey in there, who ended up going five to Detroit. Keegan Murray was seen as the like the most NBA ready prospect, kind of a a high floor guy who went number four. But the, the drop off is pretty pretty substantial. Like you you'll never have a situation where like the NFL draft where it's like oh they have the seventh pick they they're missing out on like the player because there's there's so many more guys like there's there's less of a, a difference. You don't really have as big of a drop off there, which I think makes it. Harder, like you say, to really you know break down the NBA draft uh, right away. Yeah, the NFL draft, NFL first round picks, or really any sport outside of the NBA, it's like, oh man, first pick, first round draft picks are so valuable. But in the NBA, it's like if you don't have one of those top three, five, ten, whatever uh, number mm-hmm. you want to go with, your pick is really not that valuable. It's because it, if you're picking, if you're not picking the lottery, you're really just hoping you hit on. Uh, a, a Draymond Green or Nikola Jokic, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, yeah, a lot of yeah. guys who go go later in the draft. Yeah, so right, and it's like it, there's always players that come out later. Uh, like one of the things I saw today was like uh, the the I think it was the Cavs chose Anthony Bennett. Is that his name? Anthony Bennett. Uh, yeah, he, um, went draft number one one. Well, yeah. he went number one overall and Giannis went like 16th or something. And, and, and I think it was Bleacher Report was like, do you think they would change their mind if they knew? And it's like, <laughs> what a stupid question. And it's like, maybe like, maybe that was the consensus top pick. Like, like it's obviously hindsight. Well, Bennett wasn't even the consensus top pick. No, like, he that, wasn't that was even supposed to go in the top draft. 10. That, yeah. that draft was wild. I love that uh, draft because uh, the number one guy was, was probably supposed to be Nerland's Noel, but, right, right, but it but wasn't was, like a for sure like, thing. Isn't but, it like now, uh-huh. isn't it obviously supposed to be Giannis, right? So like, yeah, if you did like, a redraft sure thing that uh-huh. like they know. So, so anyway, stuff like that, takes away my confidence in any sort of analysis right now but just at like a very base level getting back to your original question Corey, mm-hmm. how i feel about the chet holmgren 
draft because I I was told there's there's three potential guys that the Thunder would take because there's like three guys worth taking at number two, uh, and a lot of people were saying it's either Banchero, which I love his name, Paolo Banchero, and Chet Holmgren. Like those are the two I was hearing the most, and especially Chet Holmgren. And then they ended up taking him. And honestly, just from the basic basic analysis level we needed a good big guy like we already have josh giddy and sga like our, our backcourt is fine so let's get these guys let's get some some actually good big men on this team and young as well so i i like the pick for that i've heard chet is really good at defense i heard that he's really coordinated for how big he is and that he's like surprisingly good at dealing with contact despite being so skinny uh but that's all just what people have told me. I haven't really watched a lot of Chet, like besides highlights. So it's, uh, I mean, I'll say I'm excited, but you know, obviously it's going to be a long time before I really know. Look, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan, but I love the NCAA tournament and Gonzaga was the number one team coming into the tournament. So I, I obviously got to watch some of their games and the few games I watched Chet Holmgren, I was not really thrilled with, uh, with his play, uh, especially being touted as one of the top picks in the draft. And I thought that guy, Drew Timmy, who looks like he's 40 years old playing in college, I thought he actually outplayed Chet Holmgren uh, as the big man on Gonzaga. And I wasn't, I'm not the biggest Chet Holmgren fan, but I will say is OKC is awesome at drafting. They've drafted so many great players. With Josh Giddy is a huge hit last year. With KD and Westbrook and Harden and, uh, and then you have like the guys that they have around their team with Giddy and SGA, and like, I can go on and on with their list. Steven Adams, like they, OKC is great at drafting. So if they think he's the guy, then who am I to say? I just think he, it just he just looks clumsy, like with his size, and he, he looks he really looks like uh, Stinky Peterson from uh, Hey Arnold with his seven I, foot hundred pound frame. Yeah, I think it's easy to hate on him because of that frame, and you're like, there's no way that this guy could go up against actual grown men, and it is kind of reasonable to look at his stats and say, okay, he was doing great against the West Coast Conference, which is one of the better mid-major conferences. It's not like Gonzaga is just playing a bunch of like D3 schools, BYU, San Francisco, St. Mary's. like Those were all tournament contending teams. A couple of them did actually make the tournament. But he didn't play as well against the toughest of competition. And I get it. Drew Timmy looked awesome in the tournament. He put up the numbers. Holmgren didn't quite have the numbers. But I do believe that if he fills into that frame a little more, puts on some muscle, he's like a 7-2 shooting guard who's also a really solid rim protector. I think that the potential is there. It's just a matter of how quickly before he can reach that. Um, and I, I will say that I was I was very happy that uh, we received a text like two hours after uploading the episode because uh, Brian made a comment like, uh, like Ben is going to like uh, say he's going to call me out, whatever, when Chet becomes an all star. And like you basically said that word for word in the text. And so, I, so I, I, I'm I excited be, to be a Chet Holmgren guy. Like, I, I, I want to believe in him. Either way, I can't be wrong because if he sucks, I can say, well, I told you so. But if he ends up being an all-star, it's like, well, I did tell you well, so. Well, I told myself I so, yeah. I told myself <laughs> that. Like, oh, here's what's going to happen. He's going to be an all-star and uh-huh. Ben's going to call me out. So I can't be wrong either way. Well, <laughs> it just it feels like it's another solid move in a long series of decently solid moves for the Thunder rebuild. 
I mean, it's it's been tough being a Thunder fan. Uh, I, I love watching basketball, and it is kind of demoralizing sometimes watching the Thunder, especially when <laughs> yeah. some of their best players end up not playing so much. Like, I know SGA was hurt for a considerable amount of time last year. Josh Giddy was also hurt towards the end of the season. And it's like uh, watching these other deeper roster guys who might end up being contributing role players later is boring. <laughs> like, it, uh-huh. it, you, you watch them just get destroyed by, like, guys who are really good now so i feel like every every year we get you know further in this rebuild hopefully it it, as long as we continue making moves like this feels like we're getting closer and closer to competing again um obviously in the nba it takes guys a few years to kind of adjust to the league and and really show you what they've got so it's not gonna be this year but you know we're getting a little bit closer and and these other moves that were made like trading up definitely feels like a hey we feel like we might be able to be competing sooner rather than later uh instead of just holding on to 27 first round picks like trading some of those away to get guys that you believe in i don't know who and i'm gonna butcher this but i think it's usmani zhang usmani zhang okay yeah Uh, i've heard people say it i just it's tough uh but again it's like i haven't heard anybody rave about the fact that they did that trade it's not like oh my gosh they got like their guy but it's like clearly they they believe that was a guy worth having and also you, you can only have so many people on your team and having a, a thousand first round picks is mm-hmm. only going to turn into so much so I, yeah the I whole like point of acquiring all those first round picks is to trade them for you know other things and i right. i, I right. agree the, the celtics certainly tried to do that <laughs> with their with their gazillion picks that they had yeah, no, they just ended up drafting everybody anyway. But uh, yes, I <laughs> I like the Thunder's approach. And I will say Jing is someone who like I've heard really good things about. He's someone who's climbed a ton. He's like a 6'10 point forward, um, definitely kind of in that, that mold of a kind of player who has like the size to be a power forward big man, but he can still, you know, carry, like hold his own. He can ball handle. He can... I think he needs to develop his shot a little, but there's definitely a lot of potential for him. So he's someone who I do think is uh, a ton of value in moving up there. Also got both guys named Jalen Williams. Oh, yeah. You've got to love that pick. I mean, (laughs) what better way to make a second-round pick look great than to do a meme like drafting two Uh, guys same name? And uh, they did, did, I think it was today, they did the Spider-Man meme. Like at I, a yeah. under photo shoot where they were like I, pointing at each other. Nice. And I, I saw that. That was a, great. This is a brilliant yeah. move by Sam Presti because um, much like in youth soccer, when teams would sometimes have two players with the same number, they will have two players with the same name. So when we put them both on the court together and someone on the other team is like, hey, cover Jalen Williams, the defense will go, huh? Which, Which one? one? <laughs> and then they'll be open and get an easy bucket. So it'll. Uh, it, I think that is probably the the extent of that. Uh, that that those two moves. Yeah. No. I mean, it's. I I think that the Thunder use their assets wisely, both in terms of this year and long term. And now, it they they're still probably not going to be like a great basketball team. You know, they have a lot of youth in them. We'll see what happens in free agency. I think they have some money, but I'd say they're more likely to acquire veteran players and stockpile even more assets than use it to sign like big free agents. But looking ahead to 2023, they should be one of several contenders who is in on Victor Wembanyama if they can land the uh, number one overall pick. Have you guys been keeping oh up with gosh, this guy this at all? Another amazing name. No, who's this? He is okay. So Victor Wenminyama, he is a 
7-3 phenom from France. Uh, this is how ya- a Yahoo article describes him. The 18-year-old point forward plays like no one else in the world with his staggering size and frame he continues to grow into, along with his 7'9 wingspan. Some say it's 7'10". To see him take players off the dribble and step into three-pointers from Stephen Curry range defies everything you would ever expect from a young player with his size. He's most notable on the defensive end as a rim protector and effectively guarding wings off the pick-and-roll switch. Think Rudy Gobert mixed with Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. That's what Wembenyama is projected to be. If you think that comp is too outrageous, and how about a larger Giannis Antetokounmpo without any weaknesses? Seriously, he's that good. Wembenyama is the most talked-about prospect among NBA scouts and executives since LeBron James in 2003 and is a runaway favorite for number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft by a mile. The French native will be the biggest and most talented import from overseas ever, trumping Luka Doncic and two-time MVP Nikola Jokic. I mean, everything that people are saying is this guy is legit, and he is absolutely worth throwing away this season just for the slim 14% chance to uh, get that number one overall pick. (laughs) It sounds like aliens are already on this planet. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait. So you he, only get a fourteen percent <laughs> chance of getting the number one pick if you're the if worst. If you're in team? the top three, yeah. If you're the bottom three, you get a fourteen percent chance. So it's a long Dang. shot. Yeah. Yeah. But that really uh, disincentivizes tanking. My goodness. I was gonna say there's gonna be some <laughs> teams that are gonna tank for sure this, this year. There's already top well, like so there's rumors about the the Spurs trading Deontay Murray to the Hawks. And initially it was they want John Collins, but it's now they're saying no, they're gonna take Danilo Gallinari and a bunch of first round picks because they don't care about winning this year. They want to just be another name in the Victor Wamanyama race. Wow. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he lives up to the billing, but it, it's hard to imagine him not being in the same spot a year from now when he's 19 and, in theory, even better. Uh, th- this guy, seven foot three point forward. <laughs> it's hard not to think he's going to do something with his career. But, of course, lofty expectations, you know, when you're getting compared to, like, future Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, just a few paragraphs. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, dang. I mean, like the, the that article you just read sounds like satire because it's so, oh yeah, it's praising just, him uh, so hard. But I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, I'm glad that we've documented my first time hearing about him because now I can come back uh-huh. here in a couple of years when I'm wearing my Victor. What is it? Wembenyama. Wembenyama jersey. Uh, as I'm a fan of him, no matter what team he's on, and uh, and I can remember the good old days before I knew he existed. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, I don't know. I, I I hope that the Thunder, if we take for another year <laughs> and get even more value, then I uh-huh. hope we can start competing soon because I think it's it is tough being like I like the NBA because of the great players. Like I'll watch whoever's got the best players on their team just to see great basketball. But I can't wait to for it for it to be my team again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally feel that. That one year where the Celtics were terrible was pretty rough back in uh, 2013. <laughs> See, this is why nobody feels bad for Celtics fans after losing the finals. No, no, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to. Um, <laughs> so... Um, we we should see a lot of interesting moves in this offseason, but I think the one-slash-two big ones is what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets stars. Like, that has been the biggest story for the past few days, really the past few months, ever since they were eliminated. There's been a lot of back and forth over Kyrie Irving's future in Brooklyn, whether he wanted to be there, whether the Nets wanted to keep him. The latest is they're 
basically letting him start free agency early and seek a potential sign and trade. And there's ramifications that Kevin Durant could want out if Kyrie, his friend who he teamed up with a few years ago, leaves. So I guess what are you guys' reactions to everything that's playing out in Brooklyn right now? Well, first thought, shocker that Kyrie Irving is now going to blow up another team. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly. my first thought because I fully expect him to be elsewhere this offseason. Where, though, I'm not sure. There have been talks about the Knicks, the Heat, the Lakers. They'll probably be one of those three teams, and I'm sure there are a few other teams that are in the mix as well. And then because of that, that makes Kevin Durant probably more expendable because I'm not sure if he'd want to stay if it's just – really him there as the only superstar and i'd imagine that other stars wouldn't want to join him there so he probably want to go out and find another super team to join again <laughs> no, i'm just joking but uh i don't know there are talks about him going to the celtics i don't buy that uh about i don't him. think there are real talks about him going to the celtics there are I don't know no there are talks are but like that. but in the media, but I don't buy it though. I don't buy it that the like random like Boston writers, yeah, or... like yeah, locally and and maybe even a little bit nationally, but mostly locally, of course. That Kevin Durant is uh, that the Celtics have the most to offer the Nets to get Durant, which I guess Durant is... or Kyrie Durant. Okay, I thought you were talking about Kyrie coming no, back God, to Boston. Not no, Kyrie. yes, I agree. Yes, Kevin Durant to Boston is a possibility, but um, you know, I think that really depends on if Kyrie actually does find a new home somehow yeah that, that exactly so if Kyrie is elsewhere then that would lead to Durant being elsewhere as well at least I think that would be the case yeah I'm a, I'm a big narrative guy especially in the NBA I think there's some really compelling storylines that have come through the NBA and I think a really compelling storyline is the bromance or like the father-son relationship between LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and uh, it's, it's almost like the prodigal son, if you guys have ever uh, heard that, uh, where you know, LeBron brought Kyrie to a championship. All was well. Kyrie had everything he wanted, but he instead said, no, I'm taking what's mine and going in search of glory on my own. So he leaves the Cavs, deserts LeBron, and goes to the Celtics and, and totally implodes, and then goes to uh, Brooklyn and totally implodes. And then now he has an opportunity to reunite with LeBron. And it wasn't that just that he left. He was like definitely throwing some shade at LeBron and like wanting to get free of like LeBron's shadow. And yeah, it wasn't like a clean breakup. Yeah, that's for sure. And so now he has his opportunity to go back and reunite with the King and LeBron being the bigger man this entire time. I know there's that thing where Kyrie like, called up LeBron and like apologized because uh, but he wasn't really <laughs> apologizing. He was throwing shade at his teammates on the Celtics. Let's yep. be let's be real here. Um but Kyrie would have to become crawling back to LeBron uh at, at the Lakers and LeBron would definitely be willing to accept him and healthy Anthony Davis, ageless LeBron and then I don't know how you save the rest of that roster, but for the sake of narrative, <laughs> I uh, think that they could make a run at it uh, if the, they had a big three like that, if if everybody is playing up to their potential. They'd and have a much better shot. Westbrook. They'd, <laughs> they'd they have would a definitely much... have a better shot, a literal like shoot field goal percentage. If they could <laughs> shot <laughs> literally and figuratively with, with Kyrie than, than Westbrook. That's right. Uh, well, they... Yeah. Uh, the latest Woj tweet on the matter is that Kyrie has kind of done his 
his searching thing, and the Lakers are the only team who are interested in him at this time, at least in terms of a sign-and-trade. I'm sure there are plenty of teams that would love to sign Kyrie for a $6 million a year mid-level exception, like super low risk, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of options, and the whole Kyrie to the Lakers does seem like it's only a matter of time unless something totally changes and Kyrie just decides, no, I'm going to stick it out in Brooklyn for one more year and figure out my next plans next summer. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I would think about this whole Kyrie to the Lakers situation because the idea of him blowing up the Lakers is hilarious to me, but the idea of him actually reuniting with LeBron and them winning championship together, I don't think I could handle that at all. That would be storybook, dude. That it would be. be. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it depends on the perspective. Uh, I, I will say, like, I've definitely heard of the term prodigal son before. Is that like... I feel like I have used that incorrectly because I don't. Oh, I didn't it, know that. It's a story from the Bible. Uh, it, it's like where a, like a father has like two sons, and one of them like stays on his land and like works and is like a good son, and then his other son leaves and like blows all his money on like partying and stuff, and he becomes mm-hmm. like destitute and poor and comes back, and instead of like casting his son out, his father accepts him back into his kingdom. And it's like, okay. I'm celebrating because my son was lost and now he is found. And, and Kyrie king, is going to go back to daddy. That's right. And King James will say, uh, my son was lost and now he is found. And we will enter into the kingdom of the Larry O'Brien trophy, where we will be uh, champions together once again. And, and you know what? Both of them can retire after that, honestly. Like that would be such a finish to both of their careers. And I know Kyrie's probably too young to retire, but it's like, Look at his career, dude. He's, I feel like Kyrie's more likely to retire. I think LeBron really <laughs> wants to play with his son. Kyrie, he just like that would be the Kyrie ultimate Kyrie doesn't even like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie's like his next knowledge bomb he's going to drop. He's like, I actually think basketballs are flat. Like they're not round. <laughs> <laughs> How um, come I so- can never see more than one side of a basketball? When I look at the basketball, it looks like a circle. It's flat. <laughs> 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 so i do either of you like are you either of you subscribers to the athletic do you like keep up with them at all i i, I mean i read no. the occasional uh article that i think is free because isn't it don't you have yeah, to I mean, it is it is a subscription service yeah okay. I, and i've had no reason to to subscribe to the athletic nothing i'm anti-sports subscription i do have a few but they're just not one for me but i did uh see really just the, the headline of the tweet but it was uh one of their guys joe varden says that um, if Kyrie wants to redeem himself in the eyes of NBA fans, he should take a discount and sign with the Lakers. Basically proving he's committed to winning because there's nothing that the casual NBA fan loves more than the combination of uh, a guy like Kyrie Irving joining the Los Angeles Lakers on a discount to help them win a championship. <laughs> like, yes, that is absolutely going to save Kyrie among all the fans that hate him right now. Yeah, that is ridiculous. If he wanted to redeem himself in, like, the eyes of... First of all, you're never going to please all NBA fans. No, uh, you Like, can't. everybody has their own thing that they like. But it, it would be, you know, signing with Memphis or something. like Or just staying with Brooklyn market. and not quitting on another team. Like, wouldn't that be the, the first step, is at least committing to <laughs> one team after not doing so for your entire career i i don't think so only because that would get in the way of my next narrative that i want to pitch okay which is yes. the kevin durant narrative because kevin durant he, he has been one of the most intriguing storylines 
in the NBA for his the majority of his career. I mean, he, ever since he was a rookie, he's been an amazing scorer uh, for the Sonics and then the Thunder. You know, they were part of a really promising three-headed monster there that ended up failing. And then immediately Kevin Durant jumps ship, goes to Golden State. And immediately he wins championships, two of them, right? He's got the rings. Yep. He's got the yeah, his first two years there. Yeah. And and people say, I mean, a big narrative was that the the Warriors really were the Kevin Durant team. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's true, but I think a lot it was a popular belief that they were winning championships because they had Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant gets his rings, he does his thing, and then, you know, there's a little bad blood going on in that locker room as well. Yep, and yep. Kevin Durant ends up going to Brooklyn to join another super team, right? To do it all over again, this time with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Well, James Harden got traded. Uh, well, yeah, Harden wasn't there yet. It was initially just Kyrie and Durant. But yeah, still, a still, monster. But then uh-huh. they get James Harden, and they've it, everyone is immediately crowning them the champion. It's over. Mm-hmm. There's, this is a, the, the team that's going to win. Um, and it's it's Kevin Durant. At the very least, he can say, yeah, maybe I only win on super teams, but my super team is the one that win. Like, I, wherever I go, that completes a super team, and I get the championships. Mm-hmm. But instead of that happening, they play, like, what was it, 17 games together or something? I over think it's two 16 years? games. 16 yeah. games together. With So the, the super team completely, like, implodes before it can even uh, get going. And... At the end of what we're saying, if he's departing, the end of his Brooklyn career, it's getting swept in the first round. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is so embarrassing and so not Kevin Durant to get swept in the first round and look like a complete loser. Uh, and then uh, to add insult to injury, the team that he left, the team that, quote, only won because they had Kevin Durant, just won the championship without Kevin Durant and honestly like pretty undermanned at that bringing like completely destroying the narrative that Seth Curry isn't like the guy who can drive like a championship team home it totally it almost does a little revisionist uh narrative on the previous Warriors championships it's like you know what maybe maybe they did it wasn't all Kevin Durant maybe they could have done it without him you know but at, least, at least gives you a little bit of doubt so Kevin Durant is uh like his his legacy i think has taken a major a major hit over the last two years so what can he do to like the athletic writers say to win back the nba fans what can he do to correct the course and and end up being a a true legend like you know kevin durant should be and that is to return to his original team the oklahoma city thunder the the one of the bottom feeders of the league, uh, one of the worst of the worst. Kevin Durant shows up and he says, "This team has no business contending, and I alone will bring them to the heights of glory and prove once and for all. I, not only am I the best player, it is that I am my team is the best team and uh, win one for his original hometown crowd. I mean, kind of. A, he definitely played for the Sonics, but he, for the, where that team is now, and that would." bring back all the glory and honor that Kevin Durant has ever wanted and totally uh, put to rest those narratives that he, he ain't it. Well, they have LeBron coming back to Cleveland, right? Like he won two championships in Miami and Kevin won two championships in Golden State. And it's not like a homecoming, like because LeBron is literally from Ohio, but it would be a homecoming in terms of going back to the team he was originally drafted by. 
even though it was a Supersonics, but you get what I'm saying. Nothing is Westbrook similar, isn't yeah. there, and I'm uh, sure that was one of the reasons why he left, because he didn't want to play with Westbrook anymore. And so he gets to be the true ball-dominant guy on that team. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I think that that would be a wild move if that were to actually play out. <laughs> I don't think that anyone like a week ago thought Kevin Durant going back to the Oklahoma City Thunder would be the story of the offseason. <laughs> but I, I couldn't rule it out. I mean, I think that the the whole idea of Kevin Durant not playing for the Nets is still so crazy in my mind that I can't even really conceptualize where else he would go, like what a trade would look like. I've seen a ton of NBA trade machine things. I've seen everyone saying that they want him on their team. Damian Lillard posting Instagram stories with Kevin Durant photoshopped in a Blazers uniform. I'm sure plenty of other uh, players and teams are doing the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that you could totally rule out Oklahoma City if they really (laughs) just wanted to say, hey, we've stockpiled all these picks. Who cares about a rebuild? Let's just go for it now and see what happens. Yeah, it would definitely be a pipe dream. I mean, anywhere that Kevin Durant goes, you feel like it has to be a monumental like shift of whatever that team is already doing. You know, it's going to put them oh, in a for sure. new direction. So it's uh-huh. it's I just feel like that's really hard to even think about to to try to predict. Mm-hmm. The superstars change everything in the NBA. Look at the Cavs before yeah. they got LeBron back. They were oh, taking, they were awful. They were, they were yeah picking number one overall multiple times, and then all of a sudden they bring back LeBron. And they're immediately back in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, they they also added Kevin Love as part of that. But yeah, I mean, if the Thunder were to just bring in Kevin Durant, they would all of a sudden be a playoff team and would in theory be a destination. If not this year, by next year to to bring in more stars, you know, whether that's just trading some of those young assets, you know, they, they certainly could, could do something. So, uh, I like the concept. I do. Yeah. It's more of a, like if I was writing a TV show, so writing the next season uh, of the NBA, that's what I'd want to have. But that, that was a really, really that, good pitch. It was one where I knew where it was ending, but I still kind of was like excited to get to the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, that's certainly going to be a huge storyline. I guess like we need to know what happens with Kyrie first. If Kyrie does change his mind again, which, uh, you know, I don't think we can rule out, especially if he's going around and no team is willing to pay him $36 million via sign and trade, um, or whatever it ends up being, then I would think that, uh, you know, he would stay and Durant would stay. But if Kyrie does end up going elsewhere and Durant gets traded like the the NBA could look totally different next year and it's definitely exciting to think about um you know the NBA offseason it's it's hard to beat it it's the Uh, best yeah best almost better than the season itself it it may be even better than the season itself (laughs) unless the Celtics are competing for a championship yeah give me the offseason offseason over the actual play (laughs) yeah oh that summer 2019 when all that happened Durant going to Brooklyn Kawhi going to the Clippers though for like a week that was so much fun just like all the Woj bombs like that first night so many crazy things happen it it was great definitely like the idea of that happening again Uh, I guess so those two are certainly going to be big pieces um you know, Zach Levine is a big one. It sounds like he's going back to Chicago. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, they, they definitely are prepared to offer him a full max deal. I think that some of the intrigue is going to be around restricted free agents. I think the two big ones are DeAndre Ayton with the Suns. My, oh, three big ones. Miles Bridges with the um, Hornets and then Jalen Brunson with the Mavericks. Those are three guys who 
it'll be interesting to see if uh, they get a huge offer sheet and if those teams were to retain them. I guess thinking of it from like a Thunder perspective, any of those guys make sense in terms of uh, expediting the timeline? So I don't think so. Uh, again, it's just I just feel like the Thunder are like a year away from making that kind of a splash move. I, but I'm not the expert on rebuilds, you know. Just what I've been hearing is that yeah. it's like another year to 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 move around. But I do hope uh, Aiton leaves the Suns. I'm I, these Suns, like they were so disappointing. I like DeAndre Aiton. I think I think even though they lost in the finals, like he had a, a really a good run uh, through the postseason uh, a year ago. It really impressed me, and I think he can be a really great center uh, in this league. But it just sucks to see how embarrassing the Suns can be when it's all out there. So I'd rather see him. Honestly, I think it would be cool if he went to the Bulls, if, if Zach Levine stays. Yeah? Um, yeah, I think that would be – yeah, because I, I don't know. What I've heard about the Bulls, besides their injury troubles, is that uh-huh. they're lacking like a big defensive presence at center. Yes, for uh, sure. And and it would be great to put a young, decently good de- – as, as I understand it, defensive center at uh, – or not defensive center, but a center who can play defense – uh, on He'd that be roster. a defensive upgrade over Nikola Vucevic. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the rest yeah. of the team is really. I was so disappointed that they like health wise fell apart because mm-hmm. for a while there they looked like the hottest team in the league. Yeah, I no know. One of my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, going into the season, like they were one of my like bold predictions to to make it out of the East, and uh, yeah, they got off to a great start, fell apart when. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso both went down with injuries. I didn't really consider Aiton. I guess for me, I was more in the Rudy Gobert Bulls go all in on him, but it cool makes too. sense there. I think I think Aiton makes a ton of sense for a team like I guess not necessarily the Thunder, but a team in that boat like like the Detroit Pistons who want to like they mm-hmm. they've been bad for a few years. They've had some really high draft picks. Cade Cunningham is someone who should be a star in this league. They just got Jaden Ivey fifth overall. That's an exciting pick. They were to bring in a guy like DeAndre Ayton to be their center. That's a team that could really kind of expedite their path. Um, but I, I read that they're unlikely to make a move for him. Not really sure why. Maybe it's just related to let's go one more year, see if we get Victor Wamadiana instead. But uh, that that's certainly... Like the knowing that, that a guy like that is available next year is probably going to play a big role in some of those teams. Whether it's does it make sense to go for the eight seed this year or wait an extra year and hope we get the number one overall pick somehow? Those are two big markets that haven't been good in a while. Like, they, like both those teams have been okay, but they haven't really. And the Pistons have been terrible for a long yeah, time. Yeah, the Pistons. They, the Pistons yeah, have as been. Soon as, they were like great the in the early two thousands when they uh, had Billups and. And Rip Hamilton, yeah, Richard and Hamilton, Ben Wallace, yeah, and Rasheed Wallace, Tayshawn. Yeah, Price, as soon but... as that era ended, they've been terrible ever since. Like yeah. they had like one year where they were kind, or one or two years with Blake Griffin where they barely made the playoffs, but they they were not a a relevant team by any means. And then the Bulls, they obviously haven't won since the Jordan era, but they also had Derrick Rose at one point who was an MVP, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden injuries got to him, and the they haven't really been the same ever since, and. Who knows? Like those are two good basketball markets that haven't really competed in a while. That yeah, both of them could stand to make a big point. move. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys think uh, there's any chance? Because I, I, obviously, I've heard a lot of talk about Gobert going somewhere else. Any chance Mitchell goes somewhere else? I could see. I could totally see both those guys being elsewhere at some point. Because it's at some point, it's just you got to break it up at some point. It's 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 
this is not perfect comp, but kind of like Toronto when they had Lowry and DeRozan, where it's just like those are the obvious two best players, and they just they make the playoffs ceiling. every year, but they kept losing the first, second, or East finals, and it's just like. Like this has to end. Like this is not going to well, get any yeah. better. Wait, wait. Didn't uh, they just always lose to LeBron though? Like, that's part of it. Yeah. The well, they didn't. They, they didn't always LeBron. lose to him. The last two oh, okay. years or last couple years, but like even before that, they were they're I think a four or a five seed. They got swept by the Wizards in the first round. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they they consistently disappointed. The Jazz are a team that like I was pretty high on them for a while. I know a lot of other people were. They're the number one seed. They lose six games to the Clippers, blow a 25-point lead in game six. And, uh, yeah, this past season was pretty terrible. I do think they should break it up. I think there's an argument to be made for trading either Gobert or Mitchell. But not both. Uh, but I would not say both. probably not both at least this one year. But, yeah, they're they're in a tough spot. Their coach just quit on the team. He was sick of it too. So He's, it, it, he's been there forever, and they're just not. Just, they've just been, they been a decent team that doesn't really uh, go anywhere. Yeah, well, so like they're definitely a team that needs a bit of a reset. So I don't know how feasible this would be, but I did like hear somebody saying like Mitchell to the Grizzlies, which I think would really, be, yeah, which I think would be interesting. Like I would love to see a true like number two alongside John Morant, uh, and by number two I mean just like another guy who's as good as John Morant or close to it. Yeah, that would be. A, I mean, that would be an awesome combo. I, I don't know. I hadn't heard that as a possibility, but. Um, I'm intrigued. I would rather him go to Memphis and go to like the Knicks or the Heat or a team that could be like a Celtics rival. I'd rather him stay in the West. So that would be kind of interesting if uh, just a few years after Mike Conley goes from Memphis to Utah, the Jazz trade Mitchell is <laughs> right back to him. Well, what about uh, the Celtics? What do they got to do? Because they were really good. I mean, uh, I think I think it was you guys saying that like this was a good year. They should have taken advantage uh, like this their path to the finals this year is kind of favorable and mm -hmm. they uh like they're really good right well, now so what well, can you do to get better well the teams that they faced it was not favorable it's just that the way it played out it's like all right like Brooklyn had their issues for sure with Kyrie and all the crap that uh is brought with him and then then there's Milwaukee they didn't have Milton and so at first the path didn't look great but then all of a sudden it became Right, right. As, but in as time went on, the path did look better, and they should have. Right. They should have won their series in well, not the Brooklyn series, but the Milwaukee Miami series. They probably should have won those series earlier than they did. And like I, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with. I think Milwaukee wins that series if Middleton's healthy. Like I, I think they were a Middleton away. I mean, it's a close series. Yeah. Uh, but but it's like, but that's not what happened. And mm -hmm. injuries. I've watched enough finals or not finals. Uh, well, finals as well. But I've watched enough NBA playoffs to know that injuries are part of the playoffs. Like you just have to deal with it. To yeah. You say need... that anything is teams illegitimate will run it because got hurt. It, it's there's too much. Uh, it happens too frequently. Every the, championship is got to ask you need if you do. You that. need some luck to to come your way if if you are going to win, like there are going to be some injuries to other teams that just like, what are you going to do? Like it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the Celtics. Yeah. So you said that if, if Middleton were on the bucks uh, healthy and they win that series, like that's how it could have been perceived for the Celtics. Like, okay, they made the finals. They made all the game six, but like they easily could have lost in the second round. And they, and there'd probably be more talks about uh, trading away important pieces and not just adding a couple of bench pieces here and there i'm open to i don't want to say anything but i'm open to trading smart i'm, I'm obviously not the biggest marcus smart fan 
I'm I did I did tell Corey last week that I'm less inclined to do it now than I used to be like months ago where it's just like oh, I'll trade for anybody I don't care who it is but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big Marcus Smart fan either like his chaotic like riverboat gambler kind of style where it's like he's going to do some boneheaded stuff that makes you just throw your arms up and say what are you doing but then other times he'll do stuff that's really good it's like I'd rather just have a player that only does the really good parts. Yeah, no, if, I totally if, get it. He is Celt- all over the place. Marcus Smart is al- almost the sole reason why I, I could have trashed my hotel in Guatemala because <laughs> I was <laughs> losing it in that game, and it was solely, uh. mostly because of him. And yeah, so I'm I'm open to the Celtics making. I don't want to say huge splash moves like Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown. Like even though Kevin Durant's a better player, I, mean, I, don't I would love... be absolutely open to that. I yeah, would I'd be open to that. that too. But well, it's not one for one, but it'd be Kevin Durant for Jalen well, yeah, Brown I mean, and other pieces. And, and other I don't know if I'd love yes. that uh-huh. if yeah, Kevin Durant's to... in his mid thirties and Jalen Brown is about to enter his prime. Yeah, even though Kevin Durant's a much Durant, better player. I don't know. I think Kevin Durant is the only guy I would do that for. I wouldn't do it for Bradley Beal. I would do it for Kevin Durant. Which I think well, Beal's just going to re-sign with the Wizards for a super max anyway. Well, if it's but. one for one, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Kevin well, yeah, Durant's no, like I get better, it. But You'd it would have to it would give take up more draft picks and, and more. Just... But but like, what other assets would you not want to part with? Like, it's really just Celtics. Tatum. Yeah, they wouldn't trade both Tatum and Brown. That wouldn't make any sense. Well, oh well, you're, you're talking about the com the package. Like, yeah, obviously not doing that. But like, like who's who's someone that I don't want to trade whatsoever? Like, yeah, Tatum, obviously. Even Tatum, though, yes, I even agree. Though Tatum I would not trade Tatum for Kevin Durant. But even I though Tatum was Brown. the biggest reason, probably why they lost that series, and he's the biggest reason why they made it there. That's true too. So yeah, that's I I'm, think that's I'm, the, the bigger thing. See, this is also just a little bit of my NBA inexperience because I just feel like the youth, like the age difference between those two players, it's like I feel like it'd be really tough to say goodbye to. to uh, Jalen just to get freaking uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant's really good. I, you know, I'm talking about him coming back to the Thunder and, and single-handedly winning a championship. But <laughs> just, like, you got to think about your future and the fact that you even have, uh, or sorry, Jason Tatum. Uh, to even have Jason Tatum at this point, like you, anything's possible. Like he has shown flashes where it's like, oh, this guy could be the best basketball player. You know? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Still NBA. He's still getting better. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's like, I, I don't know. That the way this year crazy. The way this year played out, uh, I'm, I would like to them for to build around Tatum and Brown, and yeah. and find a way to get other pieces, whether that's just minor bench moves or even making uh, a sort of a splash and trading away so, other guys. I don't know. So I agree with that in the realistic sense but i'm just okay. saying the celtics should not say no we don't want kevin durant we value jalen brown too highly like i think that kevin durant still has enough years where he is one of the best players in the league that combining him with jason tatum you would put yourself in a better chance to win a championship in the immediate oh, yeah. future no, than yeah, you would tatum and brown. short term right, right for right. sure no definitely but i guess yeah sorry i just want to be clear i was talking about jason tatum i would not want to definitely no no i would not no for... yes i was very much yes yeah, i would yeah. not move on from Jason Tatum under but, really and, any circumstances. But to talk about his performance in the finals, yes, he wasn't like he was disappointing, but I also think uh there's more to his story. Like a lot there's of more room for like, growth. He's he's bad now, you know? And it's like no he's not. <laughs> no, like, no, he, not at all. <laughs> like uh No, he just as... had like a big moment on a big stage and he didn't step up, but he's gonna grow. He's gonna learn from it. 
also that's the Warriors defense was really good. Like uh, that, that's I, I know that people. Oh, and it, yes, it, it was a really good being, team that it happened against. So. Right, and it's like it's like kind of a paradox because it's like you look at that Warriors team and you're like, dang, is this the worst Warriors team that won a championship? But at the same time, it's like they didn't look bad. Like they looked like a really great team when they were out there. I mean, Steph Curry was playing amazing, but he had help too. Uh, when you said, I think it was in your last episode when you guys were talking about like, is this like the least help that a star has ever had? Well, that was that was more Corey. That was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, not but, ever and, since no, no, Dirk in ever, 2011. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I was like, um, I was like, no, this can't be. But then thinking back, it's like, yeah, I think it it is. Well, Clay like, wasn't uh, Clay wasn't that gr- he he had a I forgot which game it was. He was really good in one game. He got better throughout the series, but. He wasn't the Clay Thompson of five or six no, years. No, and to ago. me, it's not Agreed. even about how they then, played in the series. It's just the fact that Clay Thompson, two years removed, was not the all star, you know, seventy seventh greatest player of all and, time that he and, has been. <laughs> Draymond Andrew Wiggins is not a legitimate all star. And yeah, Draymond Green Draymond is Green, like, you know, he's Draymond. Like, Draymond Green was completely crap. Like it's what he even said himself in those first three games. He was so bad. Uh, he he uh, definitely was another guy who stepped up uh, as the series went along in games four or five and six, but he was not very good in the beginning of the series. And well, so- as much as I, I don't like Draymond Green, um, because he kicked, first off, he kicked Steven Adams in the balls. Um, but also, <laughs> also, he's just obnoxious, and, and he's the type of guy, I mean, you guys may have even said this, it's like, he's the kind of guy you hate to have, like, to play against, but you love him if he's on your team. Oh, yeah, um, I would I would take Draymond would Green a second, even way. though, he yeah, he's a pest, and he could be, yeah, certainly obnoxious at times, but I would take him on my team. Yeah, well, I love I love the way he plays basketball because I identify with not being able to shoot and being <laughs> really good at, like, passing and playing defense and help defense. Like, he's I, – I love his, his game. Uh, and to be able to stay relevant, like, as he gets older, uh, all that stuff I love. Like, don't, I don't like him as a person, but I, I respect the way he plays basketball. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, just- I have the same thoughts about Seth Curry. Um, I think that there's a little bit of, uh, Clay Thompson and Brian's game. Like we could be like the homeless man's, uh, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I've said that phrase before. Like, oh, like anytime I'm asking, Not even poor you compare yourself to like a, yeah. a homeless man's Clay Thompson. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. I do want to go back to this real quickly when you're talking about Marcus Smart and him being all over the place. So, um, I remember reading, an Illinois basketball fan describing their point guard, Andre Curbelo as um, for any given play, it's like you randomly chose a number between one through 10, except the numbers three through seven are removed. And I was like, that's kind of how you describe Marcus Smart as well. It's either amazing or terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, he had some baffling ones at the end of that. Uh, I don't remember which Milwaukee was, but game, the Milwaukee five. game. Yeah. yeah. Oh just my god! Absolutely imploded. Oh, yep. game five versus Milwaukee. Ga- the end of game, game seven. seven against Miami. Literally until those until two those free throws. throws. Oh, he, I uh, was losing it. And then yeah, game one versus Golden State. Uh, you saw that fourth quarter where you know guys like oh Tatum Brown and then Pritchard and Derek White going oh, off with Smart. Yeah, who was it? Who was the guy that was not out? Oh, Marcus Smart. That's right. He wasn't out there. Right. That, uh, I don't know if this is like statistically true, but to, for me, that was the best quarter of offense that anybody played in the entire postseason. Like the freaking Celtics just caught on fire, and it was like, oh, it my was God. insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know statistically either, but it, it, there probably weren't too many that would beat that. Yeah. So. Oh, I I fell asleep through most of that fourth quarter and I woke up and I was 
the most confused person on earth. <laughs> like why <laughs> why they were went from like down uh, sixteen to up like nine or <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just like in terms of like a Celtics move, so one that I had read today was potentially trading for the Hawks Kevin Herter. Um, someone who okay. they've been connected to. He's the kind of guy who he could be like that like really good sixth man shooter, three and D guy. Well, that's what I was talking about last week was that they need to find someone that like for sure uh, a bench score that can, th- that's a great shooter. And I was mm-hmm. tr- struggling to find like the pro- player profile, like, but, or but not I, the player I think profile, he's but the player the himself. Yeah. And he would make sense. I don't like know if Atlanta's or, looking to move him. Um, uh, you know Duncan Robinson, if he weren't uh, playing like the way they he have is now, enough if really his contract wasn't so bad, players, then yeah, like, someone like yeah. him, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, Herder uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah, so we'll see. I, I, think I don't it's know. It's a tough situation to be in though with the Celtics because you are a really good basketball team already, and it's like how much do you tinker with it uh, mm-hmm. without being worried that you're going to you know break it. Yeah, I think it's more likely you'll get another like Tristan Thompson type signing as like the the splash of the off season. Another big man really big. would help because look, Robert Williams is awesome, especially defensively. He's I think he's really their best defender of anyone. Wait, on that why team. is he called Time Lord? Oh, he's so when he was drafted, uh, the very next day he uh, he missed his flight, uh, you know, for the Celtics press conference. So yeah. I don't know how he got it, but it was from that incident, uh, missing, you know, being late <laughs> for a. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, I, I heard, uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of basketball content on YouTube, but I, I, I listen to a funky diabetic. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's mm-hmm. a Celtics fan. And he was always calling uh, Robert Williams a Time Lord. And Time I was like, Lord, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. This guy made that up. That's his nickname for Robert Williams. No, yeah, that's really no. his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> right, but then I started hearing other people call him that, and I was like, wait a second. It, no, there's no way this small YouTube creator influenced the whole league to start calling him that. So it's like, where did that come from? I have no idea where um, it came from, but it came from that incident. Name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Great I thought it w- I thought it was had something to do with maybe like his ability to like block shots. Like he would like <laughs> stop time and then appear in front of you and slap the ball because he's got some vicious blocks uh but okay that that answers that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think they could use another big man after time lord and and horford (laughs) because horford's another year older where he's near he's his late 30s now and he's oh yeah i can't believe we haven't mentioned Mm -hmm. him yet but like how about yeah like uh, some credit for thunder legend al horford how many games uh, did he play for the thunder <laughs> like 45 know. probably like, I would guess he, less. Like, he was out for half the season for like golf being too or something. good yeah. yeah like he was like paid to not play but uh-huh. uh i know he was amazing this postseason thunder legend or not like you have to respect when an old head like al horford can just put on a performance like that i mean what yeah he was a real contributor but again mm-hmm. it's like he is old how long can he can you count on him to do right. that? And then, yeah. and then Time Lord, as great of a defender as he is, he you can't rely on him to stay healthy. Even though he played through a knee injury throughout the whole postseason, it's it's still in the back of your mind that man, like how 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 much can you rely on him to play and last a whole season? And so I think having yep. another big man that's better than Daniel Tice would really help uh, for their bench as well. So it's more minor bench moves, but. I'm again open to making other big moves if 
if it's possible and if it's at the right price. Yeah, and I think Brad Stevens kind of called out the need for bench scoring. Oh, for you know, sure. Bench, bench like needing. He did guys that when he was a coach at his press conference. <laughs> yeah, no, there, he did it at his press conference though. There'd uh, be games where they'd lose and be like, "Yeah, we." We don't have enough uh, down low to. Uh, it has more meaning rebounds. as yeah. No, I get it, but I think it has more meaning when he says it as the general manager who's actually calling those shots. Yeah. So, uh, definitely expect that to be more the direction that the Celtics go. I'm sure he'll make his phone calls on certain players. He's gonna do his due diligence, but uh, I'm not expecting any huge splashes. And I think really the Celtics' outlook for next off season or next season kind of depends on how some of the other teams in the east shake out because there are a lot of teams that we already talked about chicago could if they improve defensively at center they could be a legitimate team next year brooklyn in theory is about to take a step backward but you know who knows what's going to happen with them but of course teams like philly miami Miami, milwaukee miami milwaukee are the two that i would be honest dude Giannis Mm -hmm. is in his prime like i feel like if you're you know he's he's got a chance every year. I think moving forward for the next few years. Just oh, for sure. Which is why yeah. Milwaukee scares me because if they just add, if they added even a little bit more to a roster that already has Giannis, that that, mm-hmm. that worries me. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely the team that I would think is in the best position My, to uh, to come out of the East next year. Miami, they they're healthy. they're in a great weather situation, and I'm like, them and LA are the two spots where it's like players want to go to because mm-hmm. of the like how great it is uh, uh, to live there and to be part of those organizations. So uh, Miami, I worry about as well, especially if they add, if they add another star to Jimmy Butler, a team that made it all the way to game seven and almost made it to the finals again. Yeah. Like, so yep. easily those are the two top two that worry me. Yeah. In theory, Philly, but I never take Philly seriously. <laughs> I know. I, I totally get it. Like one of these years, maybe they'll actually be a legitimate threat, but is James uh, Harden I, bad now? That's a that's a possibility he, that he might. Yeah, not I be don't great know. Now. Like he he, he was, took a step back. This he year. was awful in Game Six. Like it was it was a really bad performance. But even then, like yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of it was just the weird situation getting traded mid season again. You know what he dealt with in Brooklyn. But yeah, James Harden is not the player that he used to be. Um, it seems like you know maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe he'll he'll lose a ton of weight this off season, but I don't know if we can count on that. I think the Celtics will still be great no matter what they do. I think they got, they have to make some moves. Even if it's just, yeah, oh, I agree. They can't uh-huh. just not do anything and just bring back the no. exact same roster. Uh-huh. But I, I st- so I still have all the confidence in the world that they'll have a great season next year and be one of the top contenders in the East, but golden state. That's all. That's, that's really what worries me for sure. Yeah, Golden State could very well run it back too. Like they're, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm on the uh, side of it where I'm thinking, yeah, they're just getting started again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I remember back in the day, we used to have conversations about becoming just a football podcast. You'd be like, I like talking about other sports, and I'll say this is really enjoyable. Like I always forget that you can actually like really hold your own in basketball conversations. This is the so. best I've ever been able to hold my own. Like it's it's <laughs> been like honestly, be like partially because of the pandemic, I was able to invest uh-huh. a lot more time in watching basketball. Like the bubble, like postseason was like I think the first time I'd ever watched every game you know i was sitting there watching every night so um yeah Uh i'm definitely a lot more comfortable you know chopping it up with you guys about basketball 
Yeah, and uh, definitely shows off your versatility. We certainly want you on to talk about football more because you know we know that you're you're a huge Niners fan. Definitely love the sport of football, but it is nice being able to get you on in June and talk about sports for as long as we have. So. Talk about my other passions: uh, basketball and yeah. hockey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess let's get ready to wrap this one up by doing a top five. And something that we've done somewhat frequently in uh, recent months is having our guests choose a top five. And you did the combination of choosing one, but also having it be topical because you just moved into a new house just a few days ago. I mean, this is your first podcast in the new house. That's so right. We beat That's your right. own. So. Uh, congratulations, of course. Uh, definitely a, a big, big step in someone's life becoming a homeowner. And uh, in honor of that, we're going to count down the things that we love the most about living in a house in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So I guess before we get started, um, there are three of us on, but we only have two top five lists. <laughs> Something's huh? missing here. <laughs> oh, am I supposed to explain? Yeah. <laughs> I would I like know. you to. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I, couldn't really think of my own list. And I thought, also, one, not only can I really not make my own list for a whole top five, but I thought it'd be fun if I just uh, be the judge in this situation where I just pick which, uh, which list is better. And... Uh, and you know what? You also mentioned, Corey, beforehand that uh, even if when I can't come up with a list, I end up coming up with one on the fly. And so that's probably what will happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, I do love the concept of that for two reasons. Um, one, I think it's fun to make it a competition. Yeah. Two, whenever three of us do top five, especially when you have Kenny on, it just goes on forever. It just forever. goes on and on. Uh, you know, like, just, yeah, so it is nice to keep it to two lists. Like, I'll give my We insight. just didn't know going into it. Yeah. I didn't make my list thinking I was being judged for mine. I thought it'd just be a back and forth <laughs> conversation. Otherwise, I might have taken a different approach. Like one thing we said, oh, you do top five things about living in a house, top five things living in an apartment and go head to head. Uh, instead, I have a list of my experiences mostly related to growing up as a kid and you know visiting my parents as an adult because I do live in an apartment. I don't have immediate plans to live in a house, but of course, Ben, you also just moved in four days ago, so you don't have a, a whole lot of experience actually living in a house, but it's still a fun concept. We'll see how this goes. If I lose this judge thing i'm just saying i didn't know that i was being judged here so i right. will not if, be upset and if i lose i'm never coming back on this podcast <laughs> so all right pressure <laughs> is on ryan uh <laughs> looks like the betting favorite is ben here after that statement so good luck Corey. yeah so you get started with your number five okay so my number five is having a backyard uh, i've you know lived in apartments with no backyard for the last five years i actually did have a backyard in the duplex i lived in which i was renting so uh that was kind of cool but i shared it with other people it's very now, cool like let, it, let's not downplay how awesome it was you having a backyard like that in college that was pretty amazing we had a lot yeah. of parties back there but yeah. now i have my own backyard my own little slice of land and the reason this one comes in at number five because even though i really valued the ability to walk out my back door and just be out in like kind of nature like there's trees and grass and 
Uh, I'm not inside. I spend a lot of time. I work inside. I live inside. I sleep inside. I spend a lot of time inside. So it's nice to be able to have quick, easy access to being outside. Uh, the reason it comes in number five, though, is because I have to maintain a backyard. So I still have to, uh, you know, I have to buy a lawnmower, weed whacker. I got to make sure that, uh, you know, nobody, n- none of the pests are back there making their home in my backyard. So that is, uh, you know, a little bit of the cost of it. But be- having a place to just go and throw a football uh, really is a game changer, uh, something that I did not have access to when I lived in my apartment. So I'm happy to have it as the number five on my list, having a backyard. Yeah, definitely a lot of work that goes into being the one who has a backyard, but it's uh, it's all worth it, I, I would say. So plus, well, you get to d- choose how much work you want to be. I my backyard is not yeah. some immaculate, uh, you know, NFL like grade. All the all the grass is the exact same height. I'm just gonna make sure it doesn't <laughs> look disheveled. Uh huh. Yeah, I think having a backyard is great because you get all the activities that you want whether that's having a party or just playing catch or a game of two-hand touch football or if you are older and you just want to show off your backyard and how you cut up the grass of your john deere yeah yep (laughs) so i think having a backyard is great good start ben thanks (laughs) all right so for my number five uh i'll go with having your own appliances and the reason why i have this number five is because i know when a you don't necessarily need to have a house. Like there are apartment situations where you can have them, but I've I've always rented apartments that have their own stove, their own washer dryer, their own refrigerator. And while I appreciate the convenience of not having to go out and buy some and deal with moving them, the ones that my parents have at their house are so much better than the ones I have in my apartment. Like the oven is good enough, but the fridge, I would love to have a fridge that has like the water and the crushed ice on it. Yeah, yeah. That would be so nice. I don't have that. I have to rely on tap water and just ice from the freezer. And then the washer dryer, the ones that my parents have are so nice. All these like different settings and stuff. Mine, I don't really have that luxury. It is much easier for me to destroy my clothes if I mess something up <laughs> uh, just because my options are so limited. So it would be nice. And I understand like there is a cost factor of it, which is another reason why it's so low. But just like the idea of being able to have some that I picked out with all the bells and whistles, uh, that's, that's why it comes in um, on my list, even if it's at number five. Uh, a fun fact about my house, when I bought it, the seller threw in a fridge and a washer dryer, uh, okay. to, to washer and dryer, Were they two different machines. good? Like, do you want to replace them or are they good um, I, The washer and dryer are actually a pretty good step up from the washer and dryer that I already owned. Uh, so I'm going to be giving the, those two to my sister, but, uh, I am going to keep the washer and dryer. The, the fridge is fine. Uh, it's, it's a fridge that has mm-hmm. the freezer on the bottom instead of the top because okay. I guess it took like the fridge industry a, a while to figure out that it, if you want the cold stuff, put it at the like, coldest stuff should be at the bottom uh-huh. because heat rises. But, yep. uh, it, uh, you know, it's just a normal fridge. I'm with you on the door thing. I, I eventually would like to get uh, a, a fridge with the door that has the water and the ice, but uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's somewhere down the line. I mean, you know, I, I'll take yeah. a free fridge for now. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. And that's the, the thing. Like, having a free one, it's hard to complain too much. But just the idea of, you know, being able to afford a nice fridge and having a nice fridge is way better than whatever you're just given at most of these apartment places. One of my apartments had uh, didn't have an ice machine. It I had to do really? the ice, ice tray. Yeah. 
Uh, wow. It, but it was only it was only for the summer. While I was an intern, but yeah, it was, okay. I was like, dang, this is this is what the the um the pilgrims did with their fridge <laughs> that they had on the boat on their way to the new world. Uh-huh. It was also a summer living in Mississippi where you'd have no reason to have ice or any reason to keep yourself cold. Right, right. right. It's not like it's <laughs> hot as blazes down there. Anyways, getting back to my list. Number four, I have parking. Parking at a house. Nobody's going to steal my parking spot because I'm the only one parking here. And really, really important feature, It I measured yesterday. It takes eight steps to get from my trunk to my kitchen. So getting my groceries into it's my pretty, house pretty easy. is pretty dang easy. I'm actually going to have to start doing some extra reps at the gym because I can't rely on the, uh, <laughs> the strain of carrying my groceries across an entire parking lot to get to my apartment anymore. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there, there's, there's pros and cons to that, but I will say the pros vastly outweigh the cons because there are other ways to exercise. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm lucky in that I can typically get a really good parking spot compared to where I live, but that's not always the case, uh, especially if I come home late at night. My number four is also having my own parking. And in particular, not just having a driveway, but also having a garage. I know you're not a big garage guy, but it was nice as a kid, you know, if it's pouring outside, being able to park in a garage and then just walk right into the house, don't have to worry about getting wet. Uh, as well as on a hot summer day, not leaving your car outside. So um, I don't really have the luxury of that. I do have like a, a carport that has like a top level and a bottom level with the roof over it. But I still got to walk outside to get in inside my apartment. So it would be nice to have my own private parking that I don't have to worry about. Like you said, someone else parking in my spot and it being a huge inconvenience just to get home after I already got home technically. When well, I parked. just... For full transparency with the listener, I have to admit that I, even though I have a home, I don't, or a house, I don't have uh, a uh, garage. And that was just something I was willing to compromise on to be able to buy a house because the market was mm-hmm. just absolutely brutal uh, when I was shopping for a house. I, I think one day I would like to have a garage, but growing up, my parents didn't even park their car in the garage most of the time. <laughs> yeah, so, it was just a storage place. It's just, yeah. And it's like, I, I'm okay with continuing to park outside as nice as it would be to be able Mm -hmm. to park in a place like that. Uh, But okay. So now that we guess Brian, do you have any thoughts on parking and garages and stuff? Well, not really. Cause um, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's nice having a garage. I know that uh, my dad always has his, he always had his antique cars in the garage and he has his Mustang in the garage as well and so like you, gotta keep you can't have safe, cars like that in outside winter. in the rain no. and snow and whatever uh-huh. and so i think it's well yeah the convenience also, of the weather definitely helps right it's also the region i live in in south carolina it's like uh-huh. you're gonna get rained on that's it like it yeah, snow is so rare uh-huh. so yeah yeah but, that's, that's yeah. a good point so i, I would uh, say the weather aspect is the biggest thing for yeah i mean that's always been my biggest pro to having a garage yeah i would say that's the biggest pro as well all right, so that's our fours. We'll move on to three, the uh, the small forward of the list, and uh, that is going to be for me. No more sharing walls with neighbors, uh, walls slash floors, and um, it was it was pretty brutal at my last apartment. Uh, my 
upstairs neighbor was uh big into I, I i don't know but i'm pretty sure my upstairs neighbor was big into judo uh there's a lot of big oh. like cl- like slams onto the ground uh, i think it was uh-huh. it, him practicing judo on his children uh and then my neighbor <laughs> that i shared a wall with so it was on the same floor as me um they would get into a lot of shouting matches him and like the 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 couple that lived there. So I got to hear all of that. And then my downstairs neighbor owned a really, really nice sound system. Uh, it was so nice that it would literally vibrate the floor uh, at all hours of the night. So, uh, you know, it was just a complete assault from every angle. And now I don't share walls with anybody. And uh, if my floor starts vibrating, I can rest assured that it's just an earthquake. And, uh, I, I'll, I, I can, you know, I feel really good about that being my number three, no more sharing walls and floors with my neighbors. Yeah. That was a huge miss on my list. I I told you going in, like, there's one thing that I really was like, man, I should have done it. I didn't want to steal it. The fact that I'm being judged makes it even worse, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I totally feel that. And for me, like I've had, my neighbors have changed a ton. Um, I, haven't moved in four years because I'm way too lazy and not lazy, I guess, but I moved literally every single year, like five years in a row. And now I'm just, I'm comfortable enough. I don't need to move until I'm ready for something totally different, but I've had enough neighbors move that they've changed. And sometimes I've had some really noisy neighbors, especially upstairs. And I, I I think this is a huge miss because literally today, like I, there's like noises, there's like dog barking and people moving around up there like there are times where I'm like I have no idea what's going on right now but it's super loud and it sounds like something bad is happening up there but I don't want to go upstairs and find out uh so yeah I I totally get the concept of uh wanting to have no walls with random neighbors um and I I I should have included that somewhere on my list I did not though uh my number three is more room for pets and there are a lot of reasons why I don't have a pet, I guess, in particular a dog would be what I'd want. But living in an apartment is a big piece to that. I just think it's so much better. Like growing up, we had a dog and it was so nice just being able to kind of let them outside, out back. You don't have to, uh, you know, especially if you're living on like a different floor, you're not on the ground, you're having to go down an elevator, multiple stairs. It, it's just, it's more inconvenient. A lot of people look past that because they just really want a dog. And for me, that is, is one of a lot of uh, deal breakers. And um, I know that if I lived in a house, I would be much more open to having a dog. And there'd probably just be more space for the, the dog to enjoy themselves uh, as opposed it. to a smaller they apartment. It. They're mm-hmm. not meant to be cooped up in an apartment like that. You know, I always feel bad when I walk into a tiny apartment. And I see a giant dog right. just taking uh, up 45% of the available space by just existing. It's like, no, this dog needs a field to run around in and like a big house to live inside of and uh, or even his own little house outside, you know, and uh, yep. you can't have that when you got an apartment. That's why you got to have a house. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I guess now that you have a house, like, you know, I don't if no spoilers or anything, but uh, are you like thinking like, okay, it's pet is only a matter of time. I know you grew up with dogs, so. I grew up with dogs, love dogs, adore dogs. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah. have too it is a many lot of work, things I'll say. I want to do, and I've uh, seen so many people. I see two things happen. I see people yeah. who have their life heavily restricted by the fact that they have to keep going home to let their dog mm-hmm. out. And I've seen people who don't take very good care of their dog because yeah. they don't have time There's, for it and they don't go yeah. home to take it out all the time. 
I don't want to be either of those people. You know, I, I look, um, you know, I, the, the jury is still out on if I'll ever have kids, but I'm going to need a whole team of people if we're going to mm-hmm. take care of these dogs. So unless I get a bunch of roommates uh, or I have kids, I don't see myself uh, having a dog anytime soon, despite having the ideal situation for a dog, which would be living in a house instead of an apartment. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's why I said living in an apartment is one of many reasons why I don't have a dog right now. <laughs> Just moving into a house tomorrow would not necessarily change things for me. But, uh, but nothing against people who are my age and my situation mm-hmm. who have dogs. Good for you. In fact, better for me because then I get to hang out with a dog yeah. oh, and I yeah. don't have to take care of it all the time. Uh-huh. I totally agree. Um, all right, so moving on to my number two. Uh, getting pretty close here. Uh, number two for me is owning a house makes sense financially. A uh, big part of why I started looking for a house is my apartment threatened me. They're like, ha get ready for renewing your lease when we're going to charge you more money. And yep. I was like, that sucks, dude. My, my apartment didn't get any better. If anything, it got worse. Uh, so I am sick of it. So I'm moving out and um, I can eventually, if I you know, don't live in this house till I die, uh, sell it. And it just historically looking at, uh, the way that property, uh, you know, uh, accumulates value, I'll be able to sell it for a profit and then move on to another place in a good financial situation, as opposed to what I was doing when I was renting, which was basically just dumping money, like throwing it away every month. Then it's like, you're not throwing it away. You're buying, you're paying for the place that you're living in, but it's like, everyone has to have a place to live. So everybody's doing that. It's like a, mm-hmm. you're always going to have that cost. So why not be putting it into a property where you can uh, build some wealth? I mean, honestly, like real, like real talk, it would be awesome to not have to own a house to, to have a place to live. <laughs> like it would be cool <laughs> if we uh, had like guaranteed housing or something, because again, literally everyone has to live somewhere. But uh, with the current system being the way it is, owning a house is definitely the more uh, financially responsible choice if you've got the money. Um, and, you know, I've been saving up for this ever since I ha- like started working. So um, this is just the next step in my lifelong financial plan, uh, which is pretty important to me. So that's why it's number two on my list. Yeah, I think it's more of a rent versus ownership debate versus house versus apartment. But I think it's yeah, an yeah, easy agreed. way to look at it, renting an apartment, owning a house. Um, so, but I, I totally agree. Renting sucks right now. Um, I think everyone's rent went up this year. Every, yes. And there's no no explanation. There's no way to avoid it. You just gotta, you know, bite the bullet or do what you did and you know buy a house instead. So, well, I'll tell you, it's not cheap uh, right now. I mean, it's just the housing market was pretty bad too. Uh, like I, for all like accounts, I got pretty. Uh, ripped off because everybody is mm-hmm. uh, paying more than asking price. But yeah, long term, this which is true. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, everything sucks right now. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing, nothing good in uh, about living, um, <laughs> spending money on anything. <laughs> everything costs way living. too much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, in, inflation is going to affect everybody somehow. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I will I totally say this though, the inflation, <laughs> actually inflation, um, doesn't hurt homeowners as much as renters, mm-hmm. uh, because rent will go up, but my mortgage, as long as taxes it's... don't go up, will stay the same. Yep. So if anything, like the longer, uh, the more inflation goes up, the quote cheaper my mortgage gets, uh, because mm-hmm. the, it doesn't adjust for inflation. So, um, so ch- chalk another one up for housing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so my number two favorite thing about living in a house, if a house has a basement, then it comes in at number two for me. Uh, this is one that really goes back to my days of, like growing up as a kid. Like That was a place where all the kids would hang out. My parents had their own space upstairs, uh, whether it's just the two of them or entertaining their own friends, whereas my friends, we would hang out in the basement, whether it was sleepovers, you know, that's where we'd have our video games. Eventually, as we got older, it became more of like the party hangout spot. And I just have a ton of fond memories of having a basement. And, you know, it's got to be a finished basement. You have to be able to enjoy it. But if you have that set up, then... It, it's hard to top it in terms of just like a great place to hang out. Um, you know, I, I definitely envision having a really nice basement that can be like a hangout spot when I am a homeowner, whether it's for me or for, you know, kids and, um, you know, long-term future because uh, I just, I love having a basement. I had so many great memories of it. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily need a basement right now in my apartment, but uh, if I were to have a house, like I would definitely take advantage of it. So one of the reasons why I didn't, do a top five list is because I, I struggle to make one, but as you guys are talking, I try to make one. And another reason why I didn't make <laughs> one is because it's just too similar. We just had too many similar. Yeah, no, it's, there's only so many things and, that you could throw up. And there. so when you guys are talking, I decided to try to make my own top five. And for number uh-huh. one, I put having a basement. I think it's really convenient having uh, a space to yourself or watching TV or, or working or recording podcasts or recording podcasts or like you're doing right now <laughs> yeah, in your basement. Which I'm doing right now in my basement. And also like what you said, Corey, I think there are definitely a lot of fond memories uh, in your basement, uh, your, at your house. And I think just anytime you hang out with a friend, it's typically you're typically hanging out in their basement and playing video yeah, games. Yeah. I was thinking about it and like, just picturing so many basements in my head. Like whenever I go to your house, it's always hanging out in the basement. Like that's that's just how it, it always has been. Is it like a northern thing to have a basement? Like it uh, might be. Like might be. <laughs> that's right, actually because well, that was one thing I was thinking. Like in college, I don't remember anyone really having a basement. So maybe it was just, uh, my uh, a regional. Well, one of my friends had a basement, but he he was like very wealthy, so he just had a huge okay. house in general. So it made yeah. sense that he would have, you know, it went up, it went down, it went back. His house went in all directions because it was so uh-huh. large. But most of my friends did not have basements. I didn't really uh, move into basement territory till I was in Oklahoma, and they were storm basements. Like they were, you're supposed to go in there so you don't die when the tornado inevitably <laughs> uh-huh. tears your house down. So, yeah, I don't um, know if the yeah. basements in New England have anything to do with weather. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was pretty common. Yeah, maybe it's just you guys aren't building your houses on that, the red clay dirt we've got here in South Carolina. That's probably uh, horrendous to try to dig through to dig your basement out. You know, they just say, leave it there. Set the house down on top of that and we'll uh, we'll just build up. We don't need to be digging through that. But um, okay. Well, that is going to bring uh, me to the number one item on my list. And um, and that's having... Uh, I, uh, the reason I love having a house is because I am capable of having more bathrooms. So just let me let me tell you a little bit about my, uh, my whole story here. Because when I was a kid, I've got two siblings. Uh, we grew up sharing a bathroom, the three of us. So three people, one bathroom. We got crowded, you know, waiting your turn, having to share a countertop, uh, you know, Women in our society get sold a lot more cosmetic products. That counter ended up getting covered in, you know, my sister's 
makeup and all these other items. And it was frustrating because it just, it was a lot, a lot to share. Um, and then I went to college as a freshman in the dorm. I had, uh, I, I don't remember what you call it, but like I, there was two of us in a dorm and then there was a connecting bathroom between those two dorms. And so four people shared a shower and a toilet. And sometimes, you know, you can lock the door on to the other person's room. Like when you're taking a shower, you don't want them to walk in on you. So you can lock it. And our, we call them suite mates. And our suite mates would always forget to unlock it after they finished their shower. So then I've, you know, I've got to use the bathroom and I'm jiggling the door. I can't get in. They left for class 30 mm. minutes ago. They're not coming back like for, for a long time. So now I got to go to the lobby to use the bathroom. It was just horrendous. So then when I moved into my first apartment in college, I had my own bathroom and it was just a complete game changer. Now, finally, I could go to the bathroom whenever I wanted. The messes that were made in that bathroom were only ever made by me. And I never had to wait to take a shower. It was fantastic. And after that, after that experience, I said, I'm never going back. I will always have my own bathroom. So I, uh, I had my own bathroom there. I moved to Oklahoma. I had an apartment where I had a roommate, but each of us had our own bathroom. I was keeping up with my one bathroom policy. Then my roommate leaves. Now I'm one person with two bathrooms. I go, hmm, this might be all right. You know, now I've got my own bathroom and a bathroom for guests. And, uh, you know, they never have to, you know, we both have to take a bathroom break during a commercial during this, you know, the, the you know, wild card playoffs there's no need to like take turns or for anybody to be uncomfortable. We can just run to the bathroom. Then I moved to South Carolina and now I don't even have a roommate. I just got an apartment with two bathrooms just to have it two bed, two baths. Because once I had two, I said, I'm never going back. And I had that for three years and now I'm finally in a house and I've bumped that number up even more. I'm up to two and a half bathrooms. Now I can have my own private bathroom, a bathroom with a bidet, and a half bath for guests on the first floor who, you know, sometimes you're having a party. Sometimes people get a little bit drunk. They, you know, aren't always aiming right. That's fine. You can do that in my half, <laughs> uh -huh. my half bath. And it's, uh, and it's really, it's, uh, it's really what I've been working towards this whole time. Really. It's number one on my list because it is the number one reason why I had to go out and buy a house. It was the only way for it to make any sense for me to continue to up the number of bathrooms under my control. Yeah, getting a three bed, three bath just for yourself, like as an apartment, would be a an interesting move. Just for <laughs> just another bathroom, like ooh. Um, I will say though, I um, yeah. So I can't totally agree with this sentiment. I guess you're right. Two and a half is more than two. But you described your freshman experience living in the same dorm that I did in a totally different way that I would describe it because I was put all the way on the top floor. 17 out of 17 and this was a floor that was initially used for like board of trustee meetings and they would be like almost like hotel rooms that they would put people in but then they turned them into dorm rooms because they just accepted so many students needed a place to put them and I got lucky in that my roommate and I had a suite that had its own private bathroom like there were some situations where there were four people sharing one bathroom mine was just the two of us and my roommate essentially moved out after first semester he was never there so i had my own private bathroom as a freshman living in wow. the dorm no one else in the world can say that because <laughs> i'm the only one so then summer break i go back home and now i'm sharing 
two and a half bathrooms, only two with showers. And one of them is like my mom and my dad. But like my dad would shower in the one bathroom, get ready in the other because it's you know limited counter space. My mom laid claim to that. So I was essentially sharing a bathroom with three people, which was three times as many people as uh, <laughs> I was dealing with as a freshman in the dorm. So uh, to me, the the bathroom situation, it really wouldn't be hugely different at this point. Um, I've always had a personal bathroom. I lived in a three bed, two bath. I got the, my own bathroom. And now I'm in the situation you were in, two bedroom, two bath, just me. It's pretty still nice. only use the one. Yeah, I still only use the one, but you know, it is nice having a guest bathroom, um, and you know, being able to have have my own, you know, personal master bathroom, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I do appreciate the sentiment. I just don't totally agree with this one. Yeah, this one is definitely kind of a my thing, but like once I realized it was my thing, then I had my goal. You know. Yeah, you Next did stop for me is buying like a, a small like a a duplex that has like four different living yeah. spaces in it and then i'll buy a uh like a condo and then i'll buy a hotel and uh, i'll just continue <laughs> to up my up my bathroom count the sky's the limit really it is no and i i did think that a lot of people loved how like one of your biggest uh points to hosting is that you had two bathrooms <laughs> right. for everyone to share instead yeah. of just one <laughs> i mean especially if you're staying the whole weekend you're gonna have to shower you know and there's no line when you've got two bathrooms uh-huh. what are your thoughts on bathrooms i saw you put it at number two on your list brian yeah gotta have multiple bathrooms have to have to have a bathroom to yourself i think that's extremely important i think i'd like to think that when i'm older and if and when probably if if i ever get uh, meet someone, get married, got to have multiple bathrooms. Can't share a bathroom. Uh, you got to have a whole, one bathroom, at least my opinion. I like to think you got to have a one bathroom for your stuff and a, another bathroom for her stuff. And that's it. That would be, uh. that's just my personal opinion. Well, um, yeah, having one bathroom and having guests is definitely a precarious situation. Uh, this one time I was in, uh, I was in, I was visiting a friend who was staying in a college town and she let us stay me and a couple other guys stay uh in her like living room and she had her bathroom in her bedroom and we all went out to the bars we were drinking we were having a good time it's a college town i was freshly out of college at the time me and the and my two friends we head back to the apartment like earlier than her because we were just we were had enough to drink we were ready to go home Uh we get home we order some pizza we you know we're watching tv whatever we call it a night and then like we're like an hour later she comes in the door with some random guy (laughs) and they go in her room and they lock the door (laughs) and they're doing you know you can you can draw your own conclusions about what's going on in that room (laughs) but what's not going on in that room is that any of the three of us be able to (laughs) relieve ourselves after a night of drinking um so oh, yeah man. that was disastrous uh, i won't i won't give you any of the details as to what lengths we had to go to to, to actually use the bathroom but we uh we definitely didn't get to go in there and yeah. uh so that's an you know that's a situation i'm trying to avoid and you know i think uh, uh, now i'm equipped to be able to do that oh man yeah I've, I've heard that story before but i didn't hear the bathroom piece of it which makes it yeah uh, <laughs> that sounds that sounds awful <laughs> uh <laughs> So anyway, uh, my number one, take it back to where we started, your number five, having a backyard. And I will say there's a lot of recency bias in me putting this at number one because in April, 
I went to a Jimmy Buffett concert in Raleigh. And one of my immediate takeaways was I want to host a Jimmy Buffett party. You know, everyone shows up in Hawaiian shirts, have, you know, margaritas, uh, land shark beers, whatever. And just go all in. Nice summer Jimmy Buffett theme type music. But it occurred to me, I can't throw a Jimmy Buffett party in an apartment where I'm only inside. I would want to have a yard, but now I need to find someone else say, hey, I have this really idea, cool idea for a party, but can you host it because you have a yard? Um, so that's kind of, for me, I wish I had a yard where I could ho- host Darties, basically, is the, the immediate takeaway. But of course, just as a kid, we talked about it at the time, being able to play touch football, wiffle ball, uh, ultimate frisbee, or even just as an adult playing games like bocce and cornhole. It's just a great place to hang out. And yes, you have to maintain it. Maybe that's something that I'm not factoring in enough by putting this at number one. But There's plenty of people who get a lot out of the activity of maintaining a yard. So it can be a positive. Oh, I totally agree. And it, I love the idea of having a yard that's big enough to justify having a riding mower where I can just drive around with like a Coors Light, just, you know, listen to a podcast and not not have a care in the world that I'm mowing lawn. At that point, it is uh, it's an enjoyable activity and not just like the push mower I had as a kid, you know, dealing with that. That was never as fun. Uh, but it was all worth it just to have a yard as a kid and it still has a ton of value as an adult. So um, that's, yeah, that's why it comes in at number one for me. Cool. So Brian, do you want to go through your list that you've made uh, after hearing from us? Do you want me to go back? So this, so one another reason you want to do. You already did your one and two. You know what? Another reason why I didn't do it uh, because it would be way too long. So (laughs) wait, yeah, you should have just done your top five reasons why you didn't. Yeah, I should. I should (laughs) have just done that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, number one, I had basins. Number two, multiple bathrooms. Number three, backyard. But I also put like in the parentheses there, maybe having my own pool. Like uh, that'd be kind of cool to have. Uh, as well yeah. as the backyard. No, I mean, it, I think if you have an apartment that has a really nice pool, there's going to be pros and cons to it yeah. and that there's going to be so many people there. Like I had the, sh- I showed up at 1158 on Saturday, 1158 AM. And I got the last chair yeah. in my wow. pool because everyone already went out there. So we have two in my complex. The phase one is where I go. Phase two pool was closed for the weekend for, I don't know why, so basically, mine just was just filled oh, with people. It was so like those, it was like a all those filthy phase tours were at the phase. Yeah, pool. it was like a like a Vegas day club. Go like home. that was what the vibes were. I know, I know. So I will say, like, there's pros and cons. Like, it's kind of fun to have that, but at the same time, it'd be nice to just be able to go out and have your own pool to hang out at, and you invite the people over, and it's not just a free for all. So. Yeah, and so for my number four, uh, this is kind of just stealing what Ben said, but yeah, I would just hate to have uh, noisy neighbors that you can hear through the wall, so that would suck. And then number five, mm-hmm. I put financially. I, From hearing what Ben says, it sounds like it's better financially to have a house than... Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's like a you're stepping up in your, like, class status in American society to mm-hmm. own the place that you live in. It's, like, the main financial vehicle out of like lo- like i don't know being poor mm-hmm. so yeah getting a house yeah. like owning property and stop not renting anymore is is huge mm-hmm. yeah so Corey, your list is pretty good but i'm i'm leaning with ben because he actually has a couple 
on his list that I'm like, yeah, this I got to take this from his list because uh, I totally agree with some of his points, and I'd like to for him to come back on again. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I will for say you. that I will. I will while you're <laughs> yeah, while your two through five were all on his list, your number one was only on that's mine. A good point. So I'll take yeah. that as a win. Yeah, so <laughs> you, that's a good point too. <laughs> all right, so do I throw this on the graphic as well? Might as well. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's just cool. way too similar. That's why, because I, like, I knew I was just gonna have uh-huh. way too similar of a list. But no, and I, I totally get it. That was one of my hesitations with this, but I thought it was a fun one to do. I was like, we could do something related to uh, the various holidays coming up, but I think this is a unique out of the box one that we'd have probably no other time that we would do this. So uh, might as well take advantage of uh, you know Benjamin coming on right after moving into a house. Yes, so. this was uh, this is a landmark in history. Yep. So, thank you for joining us. We had a ton of fun. Of course, you know, I think at this point most of our regular listeners know uh, your other affable chat platform. But just in case uh, any random stragglers that listen for the first time, <laughs> uh. yeah, um, you know, affable chat podcast. Find it wherever you can find. He's done it podcast. Uh, we just did a series. We watched all three of the Cornetto Three Flavors trilogy and talked about that. We watched Her starring Joaquin Phoenix. We're uh, about to release our, our review on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and uh, our uh, review of Everything Everywhere All at Once. So that's what's going on right now. Nice. Plus, we have a whole catalog of movies we've already released. Um, plus, we do a live stream on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. That's uh, twitch.tv slash chat. But... If you're wondering where, you know, that's a lot of information I just spit at you. If you're wondering where you can find it all in one place, we just launched affablechat.com, which is our official website. Corey, have you logged on yet? I haven't yet. I need to do that. Do it right now. Do it right now because I want you to see something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Affablechat.com. It's so easy. Yeah, I like, I knew that it was a thing, but I didn't know when it was a thing. It was, it's very recent. We just launched it. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, you can, Ooh. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You can scroll down. You can see, you know, where you can listen to us. You see our favorite, yep. uh, our quote the there. Joey always uses. Oh yeah. Fiction is a lie through which we tell the truth. Albert Camus. And, uh, and the live stream with a link to it to watch it now. It's not even 7 PM Eastern time, but I just, all of a sudden <laughs> I click on it. You're like, Whoa, you're like, what is <laughs> I'm this? Time Lord? <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you click on, uh, the hamburger at the top, the, uh, the, like, uh, that opens up the menu or whatever you can see we've got home contact oh. us, uh, yeah. Affable Chat Now, which is our blog where we really get into the details of like what's going on with Apple Chat right now. Nice. But I want you to click on one specific. Oh, I see. I see what Ben's talking about. I think I see it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you click on our friends. Oh, he's done it. Makes the list on the top row. That's right. We're uh, you know we're we're real close. You know we only put our best friends on this list, so of course we had to include. He's done it. Uh, right there on applechat.com. Yeah, so if you're Love if you're that. a big He's Done It fan, you got to check out affablechat.com, your new favorite website. Uh, and all the all your favorite uh, creators are on there as well. I was going to say, Brian and I maybe should launch our own website, but I guess you just did it for us. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so always a pleasure having you on. Uh, you know, glad that it was only a four-month gap this time, and uh, definitely looking forward to 
more times. Uh, like we said, we're going to have some some opportunities to talk football, um, you know, hopefully more than once this this season. But we know you're a busy guy because you're putting out all this other content. So it's it's tough to, to borrow your time sometimes. But um, yeah, we, we definitely have some some things planned for the summer as well, because now we have a long gap until football season starts. What are we going to talk about? So uh, we have we have some ideas to continue to put out content and uh, especially involving some some of our favorite guests that uh, you've known you the listener have grown to know and love and you too i mean you're you've become a podcast guest of uh kenny on z-team show just yeah. from this podcast so. i yeah back when i thought he was related to you so I, i've really <laughs> come a long way with kenny <laughs> yeah forgot about that storyline and just happened to go to all the patriots games with uh Corey's cousin <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> All right, so for our guest host, Benjamin Carlson, for my normal co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Gordon Botney. Thanks, everyone. 